Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're tuning into another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Today we have on Harvard graduate, ADHD coach, and a predominant figure in the TikTok game, Aaron Croft. Aaron, how the hell are you? I am fucking great, dude. Thank you for asking. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. I know when we, we started early with the f bombs, we just we didn't even we didn't warm up into it. We just we just dove right in. And you have a sense of humor like me. And when you replied back to me, like, yeah, this is a non swearing podcast, right? And I was like, is he is he serious? And <laughs> you just got me. Not many people get me, but you got me in that one. Um, for people that don't know, ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Before we jump into your life and, and your story, how would you describe ADHD to somebody that doesn't know what it is? That is a phenomenal question, Tim. Uh, so how I would describe it would be, you know, personally, so I have the inattentive presentation. Um, so I would describe it like if you imagine trying to work on a computer and you're working on, say, an important document, but then there's just constant pop-ups going on, constant things going on. The, it slows down your computer. It closes the file you're working on. You got to reopen it. And it's just, you know, this ability to choose to work on, say, that report is just massively hampered by this computer that is not doing what you want it to. So that's my experience. And a lot of people with the inattentive symptoms, it's a little bit different when we look at the hyperactive impulsive side of things. And I could at least tell you what I've heard from experts in that area. Perfect. We'll get down there. I always feel like I, I describe it in my own mind because I'm very uh, dumb that I'm, I feel like I'm Dr. Strange with all these different avenues. I'm like, this is going to happen. And I try to connect it and think of like all these different scenarios. Then all of a sudden eight hours have passed and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And just trying to juggle everything. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a great interview. I'm probably gonna have a million questions just for my sake, you know? Yeah, sweet. <laughs> so now to get to where you were today as a pretty successful human uh, with someone with ADHD as well, it wasn't easy, but you managed to use that uh, ADHD as your advantage and control because you are an ADHD coach. Can we talk about the events that led up to that? And then we'll try to dive into what an ADHD coach uh, actually does. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so the events that led up to it weren't very pretty. Uh, I could take you back to... Uh, being 33 years old and moving into uh, moving into a shared house with four other acquaintances. And so I'm upstairs and I'm unpacking my post-divorce suitcase. So newly divorced, unpacking the suitcase. And uh, Billy comes and flops down on my king-size bed. Billy's a 26-year-old tech support analyst from Vietnam. And he doesn't seem to think that there's anything weird about it. And then that's when it hit me. Billy didn't flop down on my king size bed. He flopped down on his half of our shared king size bed because that was all that I could afford at that point in my life. Damn. Yeah, it's uh, it was a wake up call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wouldn't be um, able to sleep like that. I'd be uh I'd be like, wait, we're sharing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh fortunately we were both relatively relatively skinny and we both kept to the to the edges. So, you know, it felt it felt comfortable, but it was it was a wake-up call and uh, so really kind of around that same time, I went and got a master's degree in coaching psychology, which, you know, I told my mom and other people it was because I really wanted to be a coach. Uh, but truthfully, Tim, it was just that I wanted to figure my own shit out. Like, I just wanted to figure out why my entire effing life, I wanted to do stuff and I couldn't get myself to do it. Like, that's fucked up. How can I not get myself to do something that I want to do. Aren't I the same person? Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, so I went and got that degree. That was super helpful. But then, um, and anyway, so the Billy experience really kind of lit a fire under me and I got a better paying job because at that point I was earning minimum wage. Um, and so I got a better paying job and I lasted in that job seven months. But the only reason I left after seven months was because I got an even better paying job. And in the better paying job, three months in, history repeats itself. And they call me in and they say, look, Aaron, everyone loves you. You're charming. You're delightful, this and that. But your work kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Like, they're kind of right. So my boss says, you know, like, I'm under new hire probation still because I'm only three months in. There's like a six-month new hire probation. And my boss says... You just have to like redo all the work that you've done the last few months for the client, like get them, you know, up, upgrade it, but you can't do it during business hours um, because you need to do other stuff during business hours. So you have to just stay late and do this for like a week or two. And like him, I was, I was out of gas. Like I was just impressed that I was showing up, you know, for a nine to five job every day. Yeah. Like I didn't have another gear of like stuff left in the tank. Uh, so then, so I did what then you sh no one should do. Um, but I didn't know any better. I just thought I was trying to stay late for two nights. So I had a friend who socially had mentioned that he takes Adderall, uh, you know, and it like helps him stay up late going to bars. And at that point I was still single, uh, and going to bars late. And so I just called him up. I'm like, dude, I need to stay late at work. And I've heard you mention this Adderall thing. I've never tried it before, but like, you got to help me. I'm going to get fired. And uh, he's like, I can't. Anyway, I pushed really hard and he relented. And um, long story short, when I got to work on that Monday and I took the Adderall, like kind of midday, because I wanted it to last till the evening. So I didn't know how long this shit lasted. I just thought that was when you do it. Um, I had the weirdest experience. Really? I just like, I walked around and I came back. And I sat down at like my desk and I was working on these like boring spreadsheets and PowerPoint slides. And like 10 minutes later, I just look up and I'm still working on these things on this thing. And I was like, oh, oh my God, like I can focus on command. I can actually work on something that's boring as shit because I should and because I have to. Like this is what people have been talking about my whole life when they're like, Aaron, just sit down and do the work. And it was like, I finally understood it the way that like a blind person who gets sight understands like what seeing the color purple is like, 
oh, this is what people meant all those years when they kept saying, dude, it's just purple. Check it out. So yeah, it just, it opened my eyes. I did a bunch of research after that and like had no psychiatrist appointment and got diagnosed. Yeah. I feel like that's the same route as me. Uh, I'm still on Adderall. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it. It is like a lifesaver. I've been on like so many like different milligrams where I can just like, I, sometimes I take it and then I go right to bed. I'm like, yeah, this isn't working anymore. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta up these doses. Um, so are you still, are you still prescribed it or are you still on that or what? Yeah, I, um, I moved off of Adderall and to Ritalin. And then from there, I tried Concerta. And then from there, I tried Vivance. And so now I'm on 30 milligrams of Vivance with uh, instant release Ritalin. Like I can take up to two five milligram tablets a day, which is like what's called a rescue dose when I need like kind of that extra focus. You have like the uh, infinity gauntlet of uh, ADHD medicine <laughs> of all of them. Totally. Totally. I've, I'm like, my, my psychiatrist is so pissed at me. Like, cause I'm just like, I want to, I want to, I like, I don't know what I don't know. So I want to like try the different medication. Cause what if it just is like mind blowingly better? Yeah. Um, and every, so and everybody's different with the medicines too. What right. works for you might not work for me. And people kind of lose sight of that. And they like take someone else's suggestions. You're like, well, I'll try it. Totally. Totally. Now, with schooling to become an ADHD coach, what is that like? Yeah, um, so there, there are a lot of different routes. Um, my route was the Master of Science that I did in coaching psychology, which was intensive, like really in the evidence-based research, really looking at like the science of motivation, goals, behavior change. And we did a lot of hours of one-on-one -on -one coaching as part of it. Um, and then, so that was my coaching training. Uh, and then also just a lot of personal experience and research. And then, and then honestly, I mean, coaching's not that different than riding a bike. I mean, when you go through all your training, it's then like, ultimately you just got to do it. And like a lot of my clients have come to me because they've seen the results that I've produced with other clients. Um, so like, and I can share some crazy stuff with you, but yeah, so that, that's one route. Other people do no formal training and just kind of have life experience. And then other people like, you know, there's plenty of firms that'll take your money to uh, train you to be a life coach or train you to be an ADHD coach. And um, you know, other people go down that, those routes. What is a consultation with you like? Um, it's pretty non-existent because I've, I've closed off my one-on-one -on -one coaching practice just because it's full and, uh, I've switched to this like really cool group coaching program that I'm beta testing right now, uh, with 16 people. And then I think it's actually better than my one-on-one -on -one coaching, but now why is that? Cause you think our group group projects are better than one-on-ones. Um, so I did this really fascinating exercise that a coach told me to do. Um, so I'm a huge fan of coaching. I've got, I have multiple coaches that I pay. Uh, I've got therapists as well. So I'm a huge fan of like a support team. I kind of call it like a pit crew for ADHD years. And I mean, it's great for anyone, but especially for ADHD. 
So, you know, I'm, I'm looking over at my whiteboard here because I did kind of this exercise of looking at all the pieces of what I do with one-on-one -on -one clients. And I really, I, I one, tried to emulate all the pieces that are working really well. But then I also had to be honest and say, what's missing with my one-on-one -on -one clients? And one of the things that's missing is even though I get daily emails, texts, updates from people, there's, there's, there's an element of accountability that that a group can provide a higher level. So in my group coaching beta test, people are basically committing to one tough task a day on one goal that they're committed to for the length of the program, which is going to be somewhere between four and eight weeks. And they've got, they've got a group. They've got, there's a software platform where they're committing to that one tough task. And so uh, and we've got like gamification, they earn points. And we've also got like people checking if they don't do it. Um, and their teams are in points. They've got little teams that kind of compete head to head each week. But that's a higher level of, did you, Tim, did you come up with a, with a tough task today? And did you follow through? That's a higher level than I'm doing. Yes, you could text and email me. But if you don't text and email me, I don't have like, I'm not tracking down one of 20 clients to be like, where's your stuff? So it's just a little bit, it, it's more accountability and there's a peer group dynamic um, that brings kind of competition, social accountability, um, you know, sort of like uh, hive mind, like crowdsourced ideas. It also brings a little bit of fun competition and camaraderie. Um, and also like for ADHD, so many people feel so alone and to be honest, um, and I, you know, I've been there too, like they feel broken. There's like everything else is so much effing easier for everybody else. And it takes me an hour to do an expense report, you know, and like it, it really cuts into their confidence. And so just kind of having that community aspect is going to be really helpful for people. That'd be helpful for me because in high school, it was like I was undiagnosed, but everyone knew I had it. And I just felt like I didn't know that they weren't picking on me, but I always felt dumb in regards. I'm like, these people get it quicker than me. It's like, why aren't I getting it? And it would be super frustrating. And then I would just be defeated and just be like, all right, I got to talk my way out of this D. Right. You know what I mean? And um, I know, but at least you're a good talker. So I'm sure that was effective. Yeah. You just got to talk your way out of it. It's, it's the easiest way to do it. Now with someone like me who gets defeated and lazy and like, how am I going to find product productivity? Cause I take my Adderall, but sometimes I'm like, you know what? I still don't want to do anything. It's like, I have goals and a lot of those goals I, I, I'm not reaching and I feel like I'm my own worst enemy a lot of the time. Like, what would you recommend for somebody like me? We're not even recording. I'm just doing my one-on-one -on -one consultation with you. That'd be yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I'll send you an invoice. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so obviously, obviously in a traditional coaching environment, I would, I would kind of ask you a little more questions, understand where some of the gaps are for you. Um, if you if you know them off the top of your head, feel free to share. If you if you got like a quick thirty second synopsis, like what comes up for you, and then I can. I think I I, I lay down. I think of like all these ideas and lists I want to do. I'm too lazy to put them into my phone, and then I'll sit there on my phone and not get up and do anything. And I'll be like, you know what? I'll start at two o'clock, and then I miss it because I'm on my phone. It's two ten. I'm like, all right, two thirty. 
and then three o'clock and then all of a sudden i'm like oh i'm hungry i should probably eat before i do this so i find like these like purpose hurdles that i'm like oh yeah i forgot about this guy i forgot about this guy so it's it's i think it's just managing my time in a, in a, in a way that I, I need to stop being lazy when i have so many good tools like i can just talk into my phone and be like hey remind me at this time but i find it so difficult to do that and i don't know why yeah. I mean, so, so I love what you said there and you know, that, that was a lot of where I was a few years ago. Um, and I was like trying to be super efficient. I would have a few efficient hours and like a few good hours. And then I would have like some shit hours and I would feel bad. Or maybe I have a really efficient day. And then the next day I would lose it. Yep. And uh, it was so frustrating for me. Um, and my problem is kind of like what you shared, like like deep down, I'm not like, I'm, I'm like lazy is like a judgment laden word, but like, you know, lazy without the judgment laden part. Like, like, I don't, I don't like, I don't like doing hard work if I don't have to. Yep. Like, I, I like it. I like it at a certain amount, just like for intellectual stimulation, but like, you know, not, not, not at like a stressful level. <laughs> And, um, and so, and so one of the things that really was transformative for me, um, and it was really funny because, you know, I, I really relate to what you're sharing, Tim, I was, so I'm sitting in my fortune 500 corporate job and, you know, if you've ever been in one of these jobs or you've watched them on TV, like, you know, it's one of these things where you just kind of want to, uh, like gouge your eyes out just at all the like corporate stuff. You know, it's just all the status reports and all the all the meetings and all just the BS, all the bureaucracy, all the red tape. And I'm sitting in there and I'm like, and I, I decided that I really wanted to pursue my lifelong love of personal development. I wanted to start creating content in the space. Um, and this is like a year and a half ago. And even though I love like this area, this personal development area that I'm now in, and I really didn't like a lot of crap about my corporate job. Every week, nothing was happening. I was like, I was trying to blog and nothing was happening. And I was like, and it was just like, huh, this is a problem. <laughs> I've got this thing on my list every week and it never gets done. Yep. Uh, yeah, we might need to change our plans or give up or do something. And so in a fit of frustration after like over a month of this, I, one day I just like Googled how to be productive. And, you know, I spent a few hours going through all the articles, everything. And I got to the end and my shoulders just sank and just felt like they had these like boulders on them. And I was just so dejected because everything that I'd read, I'd already tried. And I was like, like, this is not working. And at the pit of my dejection and just thinking I was going to have to give up this lifelong goal of mine, uh, I suddenly had this epiphany. And I was like, huh, you know, Aaron, you have done and tried all these things, but you've never tried them all at the same time. And so I basically just put together this productivity plan, which took the concept of the 80-20 principle, right? So like find those few, find the vital few actions that are going to move the needle forward, make a big difference on your goal. 
Um, and we could talk about what your goal is or one of them if you want some concrete examples. Um, okay, cool, great. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna find those things and I'm gonna ignore the, the trivial many things. Okay, great. And then I'm going to uh, do work on that thing without distractions. So I'm gonna carve out, started at 45 minutes a day. I'm gonna carve out 45 minutes a day and I'm gonna do work with no distractions. I don't think email pop-ups and IM pop-ups, anything interrupt me, but everyone, you know, Cal Newport, deep work, they say do work without distractions. So, all right, I'm turning off distractions. And then I'm gonna schedule it first. This one, this one's a little bit flexible. Like obviously some people are night owls. Um, so, you know, if you're a night owl, scheduling it first was just helpful for a lot of people because life can't get in the way, right? So I was like, all right, I'm gonna schedule it first. And uh, then I said, and this actually was one of the huge, one of the biggest breakthroughs for me. I said, I'm gonna honor my biological rhythm. And so one key component, and you know, you'll find this if you Google productivity is uh, this concept of circadian rhythms and that we have a peak, a trough and kind of a mid-level recovery. And that's like three phases that we go through in the day. And so this was like, holy crap, you know, part of the lazy thing that you and I are talking about, Tim, is that, uh, is that we don't want to force ourselves to do shit. But here's the exciting part about the circadian rhythm that was just so game changing for me. There's a period of the day. And for me, it's in the morning. For you, it could be in the evening. There's a period of the day where my willpower and focus are actually really high. It might be like a two, three hour window. Uh, so for me, it's in the morning and actually stuff isn't that hard then. If I haven't gone into reactive mode by looking at all my emails and Twitter feeds and all these things. Um, so if my brain isn't all muddled and jumbled and if then I can time it with my biological rhythm. So I did that and then I added some accountability um, and you know, there's some different ways to do that. And so really those were the five components. And even though I told them out of order, I found, I put those into an acronym called SMASH, um, which was just to summarize, select high leverage actions, mute distractions, add accountability, schedule it first and honor your biological rhythm. And when I did those five things and I just, and I was just like literally 45 minutes a day. And now in my coaching programs, it's 30 minutes a day. And that was five days a week. And I just built the habit of doing a high leverage, an 80-20, a hard thing every day. All of a sudden, it was manageable, but I was making progress. And progress, Teresa Amabile at Harvard Business School has found in the Progress Principle and some HBR articles, is the biggest motivator there is. And so it just sort of like unlocked a whole new level of productivity for me. It's and almost, for my clients, it's almost like uh, you can't change bad habits. You need to form just good new good habits. Um, I, I mean, I, I do agree with you that forming new good habits is essential. But dude, I had a ton of fucking bad habits that I had to change, and I got good at changing those. All right, that's good. I need to do that. I, yeah, I think with me, it's like I don't uh, hold accountability for myself. I'll be like, I get too worried that like I'll miss a call or if I like do what you do and shut everything, all the noise down. And I'm going to miss something and I get anxious. And then I look and there's nothing. And then I just fall down a deep, dark hole, Googling like the history of like pro wrestling. And then I'm like, where the hell did my day go? 
Exactly. No, dude, I'm with you. And I'm, and I'm the same way. And a lot of people are the same way. And I love what you said there. And also just as an ADHD or so, like one thing that I always tell my clients and group coaching participants is that like, literally we just, we were, we're unreliable for holding ourselves accountable. Like yeah. we can't be the one to hold ourselves accountable. And that took me a while to, to come grips with because like, I don't know about you, but accountability was like a bad word in my book because so many goals that I'd pursued my entire life were someone else's goals, right? Like my parents wanted me to do school and my ex-wife wanted me to do certain things. And it was like, it was, but once it was accountability on my goal, on something that I cared about, that I wanted to create, all of a sudden that was freaking awesome. But I avoided it until then because I, I thought it was scary. Yeah, that's, yeah. Being scared is so tough in our situation because you're like, yeah, if I make this decision, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Am I going to die or will I keep living? It's like you just think of all these scenarios and you just don't want to go for it. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're, you're picking. Yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down, my friend. Yeah, you are. <laughs> now, what is the biggest misconception you think is uh, with ADHD? I think the biggest misconception, and obviously I'm telling it from my perspective, but biggest misconception is that it's just a bunch of like hyper six-year-old boys. Yeah, that's what they say to anyone that's a parent. I feel like they always be like, oh yeah, he just has ADHD. I'm like, no, maybe he's just a five-year-old. Yeah, right, exactly. And like, you know, but what happens, this happens for a lot of women and it happens for people with like the inattentive presentation or people that just, manage to use their their wiles and charms and natural test-taking ability to get good grades is they go undiagnosed, but also they don't even think to get diagnosed. Like, honestly, if I hadn't had that Adderall experience, in a million years, I never would have researched ADHD and noticed that so many of the symptoms related to me and met with a psychiatrist who was like, how the fuck did you live until now and not get diagnosed? Um, and yeah, it's just like the image of ADHD of just like these off the wall, like six-year-old boys is uh, confusing to a lot of people that don't have that manifestation or presentation of it. So I'd say that would probably be the biggest misconception in my, in my experience. You're pretty, uh, I feel like you're, you're getting pretty uh, predominant with what you're doing and people can find you and know you. But when you meet somebody new, do you always apologize for your ADHD in a way? Because I have trouble making eye contact with somebody. And I'm like, hey, I just, I'm not making eye contact to you because I, I, I'm not paying attention. It's just like, uh, I, this, I'm probably paying attention to everything right now. And it's like, I, I feel like that's one of my biggest weaknesses, but I'm so personable. And then someone said this to me, like, you can tell me one thing and like, I'll believe it. They're like, oh, $20 bills are bad luck to have in your wallet. So I'm like, I'm never carrying a $20 bill in my pocket. So someone told me that if someone's feet are pointing at you, um, that means they're mostly engaged. But if they're like their body language. So I try to read somebody from head to toe while they're talking. And then I forget their name. And I'm like, holy shit, his feet are going this way. I'm looking at my feet. And then they're already walking away. I'm like, what the hell just happened? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's my biggest like issue with that. Do you, do you have like certain issues that you apologize for with new people? I love that, dude. I'm so happy that you said that. And if anyone's if anyone's watching the video version of this interview, like 
I've made eye contact with the camera and with Tim, like for maybe like 15% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'm always just... Cause it is so effing distracting. Uh, and I lose my train of thought part, probably because I try to like mind read what you're thinking or like anything. And I, I love that you said that. And I, you know, I think a lot of ADHDers can relate to that. Um, certainly I can. So you know, do I apologize? I, you know, I think I was, I think I was awkward socially my whole life. And, you know, we, we tend to retreat to our strengths. And so my strength was kind of being an analytical nerd. And I'm like, let me study and figure out how to interact with people. And then let me practice interacting. Um, so I think that I like, I learned the behaviors of someone that appears extroverted and confident but it was only until a few years ago that I actually was even remotely comfortable interacting with people and being authentic so I don't think that I apologized because I was just kind of felt like I was putting on like a performance of like cocktail party Aaron right Right, right. It's like a magician with your eyes, just looking all the way around. Like I, I would use it in my sense of like making people laugh. I felt like I would always like, I've been called them very animated. I feel like you can, you would probably call that at one point. You're we're very, like, we're walking cartoon characters, I feel like. And uh, you can sense it pretty easily if someone does know about it. And then there's that crowd, usually the older crowd, they're like, oh, this guy's being super disrespectful. And I'm like, no, I just, I can't pay attention to you right now. <laughs> there's, 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 there's an arcade behind you. There's someone doing backflips. I need to look at all of this and do all of it right now. Um, but it's super, it's super funny that, and someone, something like coaching with you, like, I don't know how you do that. That's pretty impressive. I, I feel like I couldn't coach anybody cause I would just keep trailing off. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's like, for some reason it just, because it's like one person and it's so intense, I almost hyper-focus on them. Yeah. Like, um, and so, yeah, I was worried about that too, to be honest. And, uh, like I have one client who sometimes can't connect uh on video and it's just a phone call and i find that so much harder <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's uh that's very difficult i saw that you went to or are you going to like it's like an adhd like uh convention or something <laughs> like in my head i just picture what that looks like and it probably doesn't look like anything i think it does but it's just like funny having a bunch of adhd ears in the crowd with someone speaking and like just not paying attention it's just like just like everyone playing pinball at the same time Totally. Yeah. It's very, very hard to get things started on time. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go to one of those. I'm, I'm going to go to the next one. I'm going to figure it out how to get there and just and contribute nothing. <laughs> Love it. Um, now you're, you're pretty successful on uh, TikTok. I see uh, you have like 111,000 followers uh, and it's pretty good. Uh, I'm not even just saying that because you're on my show. I was showing people at work. I'm like, oh, this dude's like legit fucking funny. And you nailed a lot. There was the One of my favorite videos that you have, and it was, it was actually like randomly, I just clicked it. And it was you waiting in line at like the pharmacy and like looking at uh, things. Uh, and then you walk out with your meds, like you make sure you don't drop them. And that happened to me like earlier in that day, which was so weird. And I was like, yeah, I definitely want to get this guy on. Cause you, some people don't <laughs> nail it like that. Like it's, it's funny that you're like, wow, people live the same life I do. It's like, as, as original as we are, we all share like 
the same DNA and makeup. Like we both have ADHD and anyone that is watching it, they can fucking sense it or see it. Um, but yeah, how does, uh, how did you get popular on that? And I feel like that's a tough thing to, to get by, but not really because a lot of people do have mental health issues. And I know there's a problem like that, but how, how did you know that you started to pick up on that? Yeah. I mean, uh, lots of really, really intelligent strategy. No, dude, it was it, a lot of it was a lot of it was, you know, just, um, just being in the right place at the right time. So, you know, look, one of the, I think a lot of it stems to even my decision to participate in the ADHD personal development space, which is, and this is like, honestly, the number one success tip for anyone with ADHD is to find stuff that you that you would do regardless that you love to do because we're not gonna win we're not gonna beat other people with our willpower and discipline <laughs> you know in our careers the only way that we're gonna have any fighting chance to succeed is that what we do for work is enjoyable it doesn't feel like work and for me like I just love personal development. Um, I love behavior change. And like, I read that shit on the weekends for fun. I read it on vacation. Like I study it obsessively, probably because I couldn't figure out how to get myself to do shit my whole life. But whatever the, whatever the reason, whatever reason, I just love it. And so um, uh, to that end, I'd been making six months worth of YouTube videos, like pumping out two videos a week yep. consistently for like fucking crickets, dude. Yeah. You know, like tough. I got, I mean, the people that were, people that were following me were like, dude, your shit's awesome. But the rest of the people were like not finding me. And that's really hard. Um, but fortunately I wasn't doing it for the outcome. I was doing it for the process. Uh, and so then I just, I then just started posting on TikTok and, you know, I was like, I, I had a lot of content because I already made so many YouTube videos. Yeah. So at first I was just kind of recycling stuff I already had and just trying it in different formats. And, you know, like, I don't know, I was the youngest kid and uh, like, I like being the center of attention. I like making people laugh and TikTok really lets you use all of those aspects if that's something that resonates with you which obviously would resonate with you Tim and so yeah it just you know it was it was fortunate and lucky and you know I'm super grateful that my stuff resonated with that audience and you know I get awesome uh messages you know every day from people that tell me what a difference has made to them so I'm very blessed in that respect yeah, it's very cool. And you're very animated too in that. You look like a cartoon character when you're dancing and pointing at your stuff at the beginning. So I love it. I love it. That's right? how you caught my eye. Like, you know what you're doing, obviously. Now, fucking TikTok can be a toxic wasteland. Like I, like, I have a couple viral videos that were on there. Like, one's like my cat where I gave like an edible to and he's like, He's like looking all. I didn't really give him an edible. It just looked like he did. And then I have one about like my ancestry. But any, enough about me. Now, what is like one of the worst shit that someone said to you on there? That like that hits you. I know everyone's like, oh yeah, you just gotta brush away the negativity. Deep down, we remember negativity. We're always like, fuck that guy. Um, I mean, I, I think I think uh, to be to be a hundred percent honest, and this this kind of comes a little bit to the the M and smash of muting distractions, yeah, as well as the S and smash of selecting those high leverage 80-20 actions. Um, 
I started delegating the uh, reading, harding, and responding to comments to my virtual assistant. Oh. So I, I honestly haven't read a ton of the negative stuff, but I know, I know things that I've seen, you know, one of them is like, uh, you're telling us, you're telling us the problem, but where's the, where's the solution? And, uh, you know, that, that frustrates me because I have, I mean, hundreds of, I mean, I don't know if it's hundreds, but I have hours, dozens of hours, at least I have to do the math if it's hundreds, but like I have so much free content up there yeah. and there's even stuff on my TikTok channel about solutions. Uh, but the videos that get the most traction are the ones where I let people know, not the, not the DSM, uh, you know, the, the diagnostic manual description of ADHD, like forgets things easily, but I let people know not the dry academic thing, but what that fucking looks like in real life. Yeah. And when I talk about the translation from the theoretical to the to the concrete, people really resonate. So I talk about leaving crap out on every available surface. I talk about having multiple false starts when leaving the house. I talk about these things um, and people really feel connected to it. But then occasionally I do get the hate comments of, don't talk about the problem, give us the solution. And my answer is check out my YouTube channel or my other TikTok videos where I talk about the solutions um, and get off my ass. But, you know. Yeah, I'm more petty uh, on TikTok. I'm always just pretty much telling people to go fuck themselves or uh, or just find something about their page and give it back. Again, I'm super petty. That's why I don't post on TikTok anymore. People made fun of me for one of my videos, and I just spent hours just clapping back at everybody because I, I just I just don't like being talked shit to. Um, but the thing with TikTok, too, I always talk about this in my episodes, and my listeners probably fucking hate it now, is, like, I, I hate the whole social media, like, Instagram, TikTok. Of, like, you're an educated Harvard graduate who uh, mastered in science and coaching psychology. You, you know what you're talking about. You live it. You're like me. You're very authentic, honest, and you're smart. But then there's these stupid idiots that think they know because, like, they fall into that like DSM category where it's like, yeah, I, I'm quirky and I can't pay attention. This is what I do. I take these meds or go out and do this. And it's like, that might not work for somebody that's very impressionable on that, on that. And like, that's where like the, the darkness of that, where I always talk about these kids or whatever. Some, sometimes I see adults where they like reenact like the terrible moments in their life. I'm like, I don't need to see a, like a reenactment of like you having a fucking breakdown in a home Depot. And it's like, they it's like breaking the stigma and then they pick it back up and put it together to showcase that it's cool to have like a mental health disorder and it drives me fucking bananas what do you, what do you think about it? uh it's tough you're 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 probably you're probably not gonna believe this tim but again this kind of comes down to the like just limiting limiting our focus right because so many adhd years myself included have shiny object syndrome and we want to do 20 projects at once. Like I literally have seven different books that I'm reading slash listening to because I mostly just listen to audiobooks. like currently at any one time. And, you know, it's really hard to focus, but um, I, I really focus and I work with my clients and group coaching people to just focus on one goal at a time and to just keep 
knocking away at it every single day, that small 30 or 45 minutes. So all that preamble is to say, Tim, that I actually don't even go on TikTok and watch these videos. I haven't even seen them that you're talking about. So, so there's a difference, right? And if we look at your TikTok goal, right? Like, dude, you are a fucking riot. Like you are, you are like, you're, I mean, you're so good on stage. Like you're so animated, your clothing, everything, like your background, like I'm against this, like off white piece of shit background. And like, you've got all the swag, you're funny, you're high energy and you would like, but there's a difference between posting on social media, which is your high leverage action, your 80, 20, mm-hmm. you know, the S and smash that you would focus on reading the comments. That's a separate action. And you could just not even read any of them. And if you just posted, that would move your stuff forward. So, um, yeah. So short answer is I am a content producer, not a content consumer. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get on your level because you make a lot of sense and I can't like fight it because you're right. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, again, I, I drive myself crazy. No one else drives me crazy. I drive myself crazy and I drive other people crazy. And like, and I always feel like that too. Cause I know like I'm really not, but just the way that I am, because it, we are a lot to, to handle sometimes you're like, Hey man, I'm really exhausted. And what you're doing right now is very exhausting. <laughs> I know. Right. And, but the really funny thing, and like, it almost feels a little bit like I shouldn't even say it, um, is like literally, I mean, you know, got 20 plus one-on-one coaching clients and they'll all like come to their first session or two and like, they'll describe it. They'll describe what they're going through. And it's, I mean, to be, it almost sounds dumb, but like, it's the, it's the, same thing in almost every case. And it's exactly what you said. I got the shit I want to do. That's important. And I'm not reliable and consistent on moving it forward. And that's it. And like, but everyone feels like they're the only one that's stuck in that thing. And I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, if every single person is in the same thing, then if I can address this problem, then I can support a lot more people than people that can, you know, just afford one-on-one coaching. Um, Cause I just couldn't believe it. Like I figured I had like a range of people all over the continuum, but like, nope, it was all clustered on, I've got shit I want to do. And I procrastinate. I avoid it. I self-sabotage. I start doing something else. I get distracted. I have emergencies, whatever the shit is, but it was always the same thing. And you're no different. So we might have already went over this in passing and you might have answered that, but what is your favorite thing about having ADHD if you had to take a positive out of it? If I had to take a positive out of it, um, I'm going to pick two. Of course, uh, typical. So, yeah. I can't pick one. Don't make me decide, Tim. Yeah. Uh, I would say I would say the first one is being really clever at finding really efficient solutions. Um, to things. So like, because I could never just put in the hours and the hard work on stuff, I got really good at finding like the shortest possible path to achieve an outcome. So that's one. And I use that to this day. And then the second is the other gift is um, I'm like introverted by nature. 
and you know left to my own druthers like i might just be a hermit somewhere but adhd doesn't allow that so uh to to have a fulfilling successful life with adhd requires other people and i feel like that's a gift um and the way it requires other people it's things like body doubling and you know having other people around when you're trying to do things uh we tend to have working memory limitations which is the reason that i've invested over twenty thousand dollars this year in my coach in coaches that i've hired because when you have another person to talk about with an idea, you have their working memory, plus you have kind of the space and the notes that both of you are taking. And so you go from like this sort of 1986, like Commodore computer to like this supercomputer where you have all this processing power to figure out these awesome plans. Uh, and yeah, so it's just, you know, you need other people with ADHD. And for someone like me that would avoid people it's a gift to not have that option i'm an extrovert at at nature so it's like my superpower when i go out because i'm like just uh putting on a show putting on uh putting on the ritz um, yeah dude no you're you're super charming and engaging well my man you too you're you're a handsome bald devil as well i just i just hide mine with my hat which you can buy at 20 minutes.com yeah yeah <laughs> look at that plug um let's finish with this um i like to ask all my guests this if Aaron Croft was a ADHD pro wrestler. He comes out to the arena. What song would be playing for you, my friend? What song would be playing for me coming out as a pro wrestler? Um, I'm going to say, uh, what's the name of that song? Oh, man, now I'm blanking on it. Yep, the the sheer pressure of it. Sing it. Um, yeah, sing it if you don't know it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it would probably be a uh, a Kelly Clarkson or a Rachel Patton song. What was that Rachel Patton song? Like uh, her one big song. Uh, You're such a fan of Rachel Patton. <laughs> yeah, apparently. What's was I mean, it, uh, White Lotus? No, no, no. I'm, re- I'm looking up the wrong person here. Um, I don't know. You got to sing it now uh that that you really don't want to happen oh fight song oh yeah Rachel, this is my Rachel fight song. Platten. that would be that would be pretty cool i really like that um although there is a kelly clarkson song that i'm really trying to like stronger? remember right now which one stronger oh uh no something that would get me more beaten up than that okay um okay you know so like clearly i've really thought this Oh, clearly I really thought this through. The um, ADHD guy can't oh. think of a one answer. That's uh, <laughs> that sums up this interview. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll oh, oh maybe maybe breakaway. That sounds right. You know what? We'll just we'll have both of them come out and uh, walk you down the arena. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna get beaten up for having Rachel Platten or Kelly Clarkson for me. That's the most. But that's my shit. that's my jam. Like I like cheesy pop music. I see. I'm a you know huge Kesha stan. Kesha's my girl. I went down to DC. Yeah, yeah oh, I had, a, so I had a cancel. We I canceled our interview because I had to go down to DC to go see Kesha. So ah, Kesha's more important than you. There you go. <laughs> oh shit! All right, then I end with this, my friend. Three things that you're grateful for today. Wow. Yeah. I mean, one, your, your interview, I mean, it's a blessing for me to get a chance to share my story with the world and, um, 
doing podcasts is something I always wanted to do. Uh, two, my assistant, I have an amazing assistant in the Philippines who like, I mean, she did so much crap today that my ADHD brain would have had trouble with. And like, it's just like awesome, like handoff. I do the stuff I'm good at and I hand the rest to her and my group coaching participants. So when I, when I quit my fortune 500 job, uh, in July and started this coaching journey, my, my goal was always to do group coaching, uh, because one, I think it can be way more effective than individual coaching. And two, it's just more affordable. So I can reach more people, impact more people, help more people get shit done that otherwise would kind of just be hitting their wheels. So I'm just so grateful to my group coaching participants that are going with me in this test run, uh, because we're going to launch this like huge new year's big group coaching program to a bunch of people. And it's going to be freaking awesome. And that's always what I wanted to do. And so I'm just so grateful to, to them and to, uh, everyone that's enabled me to get to this point so far. Fantastic. Aaron, where can everyone find you on the internets, websites, social medias, where, where do you want them to yeah. find you? Yeah, just Google hidden ADHD. Uh, hidden kind of refers to those of us that are a little bit less hyperactive and less obvious. So, and then ADHD is obvious, and you just Google that, and you'll run into the TikToks and the websites and the YouTubes uh, and my smiling bald head. It takes one to know one, pal. I like that. Aaron Croft, thank you so much, my man. This was a lot of fun, and hopefully, we can talk soon again. Thanks, Tim. This was a blast. See ya. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.